the most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain, 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We Shucky Ducky is the man to play. Oh, Shucky Ducky was a way for me to say, I am thrilled to be here. Why not just say that? Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. This is your host, Herman Cain. Thank you for joining us. Because we are going to tell you the truth and give you the facts because we want you to be better informed and inspired to help make this a better USA. Breaking news, breaking news every day with Herman Cain and the most connected man in Washington, Jamie Dupree. Well, hello, Jamie. Did you survive the debates last night? I did survive the debate last night here in South Carolina. And what's more, we do have a little breaking news in the last hour, and that is that Lindsey Graham, the senator from the Palmetto State here who got out of the race for the White House just at the end of last month, he announced today in a news conference uh, with Jeb Bush that he was endorsing Jeb Bush for president. Now, obviously, uh, I think a lot of people will say, well, so what? And that's true on one point, since yeah. uh, Graham had barely registered in the polls. Uh, it does open Bush maybe up some avenues of, uh, of, you know, support and help here in the state. But I think there's a lot of people in the Republican Party who aren't even convinced that Jeb Bush can even make it here. Right. Uh, we'll be back here at one month from now. We'll be back here taking dead aim at the uh, Republican race in uh, the state, which is on February the 20th, Saturday, 11 days after New Hampshire. There's a lot of people who think that Jeb Bush might not even survive after New Hampshire, but we'll have to wait and see. So Bush, who, you know, he had an okay debate last night. He stood yeah. up to Trump, but really no magic moment or anything like that. But no. he, uh, he does get this endorsement today, Herman. Uh, so the next Republican debate, you said, is February 20th? No, the uh, the next Republican debate is January the twenty eighth. Oh. So two weeks two weeks from yesterday. Gotcha. The South Carolina primary is on February the twentieth. So let's Got just it. go over the real quick for everybody again. February first and Monday is Iowa. February the ninth of the following Tuesday is New Hampshire. Right. And then there's eleven days from there to uh, a week after the Saturday, so February the twentieth is when they vote here for the Republicans in I South see. Carolina. They have this crazy thing where the Republicans vote Saturday the twentieth and the Democrats vote Saturday the 27th. They have a split primary for uh, two different weekends. So that's uh, the schedule here. And as I said, a lot of people don't think Jeb Bush will make it to here. As for last night's debate, I think everybody leaving town here today, a lot of people feel like that uh, uh, we finally saw what we've been wondering about. And that was what would happen when Ted Cruz and Donald Trump finally went at it. I think for Cruz, frankly, I, I think that he gets up this morning and looks at himself in the mirror and thinks, you know what, I can do that. I can yeah. take on Trump, and I can survive. And and not only that, he got the best of Trump the first time. Trump uh, got the best of him uh, in the second round. But still, uh, I think it shows that Cruz can go toe-to-toe with Trump, and he has the debating abilities, that's for sure, and he has the tactical abilities. And, you know, this could present us with something pretty interesting in that next debate and as we go forward on the stump as well, Herman. I would agree. And I thought that uh, I don't like to pick uh, winner, 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 or this sort of thing, but... <laughs> Sometimes you can pick losers, but also I thought that Marco Rubio stood out in his yep. uh, performance last night, and I think a lot yeah, of people felt that way. Yeah, and I think, too, way. that Rubio really unloaded on Cruz near the end with a oh, barrage yeah. of charges. I remember that. And what was notable about that is as good as Cruz was against Trump early on, Cruz did not 
he was sort of caught flat-footed, it seemed, and he didn't have a, a really strong response at the end. I'm not saying that he lost that or anything, but I, I did think Rubio got a little the better of him there. And, and, yeah, I think we leave here in sort of the same situation with Trump and Cruz clearly at the top, Rubio in that third spot. You know, Chris Christie, he had a few okay moments last night. So it, was, it was not his best debate, but he wasn't bad or anything. And then I think you move down to Jeb. Uh, you know, he took on Trump over the Muslim entry thing and a few other things. And then uh, Dr. Carson and Governor Kasich, I, I think they really struggled to sort of get involved and, and play a meaningful role in last night's debate. Well, you're talking about not having a magical moment. Uh, you, that was none for Carson. That was none for Kasich, as you indicated. And um, was there any more talk in your circles about um, the empty podium? Rand Paul. There were some people joking, actually, that Rand Paul won the uh, uh, the undercard by not showing up and not going through it. I you think know, I Cardiff the Arena did pretty darn good. Yeah, I don't want to be mean to anybody in the undercard, but um, other than Carly Fiorina's first performance, which got her then up on the main stage yeah. uh, in the second debate, I, I don't think it's it really makes much of a mark for any of the three that came in, uh, You know, either Santorum or Huckabee or Fiorina. Yeah, they're they're all in a real uphill fight, and I think most people would put very long odds on them uh, even making it down here to South Carolina in another month. So, in a, in that sense, not much changed last night in terms of where everybody was. But I do think there was a slight change in dynamics again to circle back to the point I made at the top, and that is I do think that Ted Cruz can honestly uh, say to himself, you know what, I can do this. I can take on Trump. Uh, I never doubted that he could. I just, I wonder, I still wonder why nobody is going after Trump. Uh, I do think that uh, it's a, it's an error by the other candidates, because if you're not going to go after him, I think he's going to win uh, with that kind of strategy. Well, Jeb Bush has made a couple of attempts to go after him, uh, at least in some ads and things of this nature. Yeah, but don't you think Jeb is just weighed down by who he is? Don't you think, Herman? I absolutely agree. If it were Marco Rubio, who has not laid a glove on Trump, has not tried really at all, then it might have a different flavor to it. But because it's Jeb Bush, you know, look, uh, Jeb Bush could still, honestly, he could still finish number two in New Hampshire and say, you know what, I'm the guy that's going to take on Trump. And then they could come down here to uh, South Carolina and have a big showdown. I'm not sure it's going to happen that way. Uh, a lot of people I've talked to this week on the ground here feel like that definitely Trump is in the lead in the polls in this state here, but they feel like that Cruz has a lot of room to grow and that he's put together a fairly effective organization here as well. I would sum up uh, the appeal, and months and months and months ago when I put together that piece about it's 50% perception, and that is turning out to be the case, and Trump, Cruz, and Rubio were in my pick six, and now they're the top three, and they, you know, they're right there. And I think here's, I think this is why Bush is not resonating and having that magic moment. If you look at Trump, Cruz, and Rubio, irrespective of the snipes that people want to take about different things, they all come across with some genuine passion, some genuine fire. Now, some people refer to it as anger, but guess what? I think Trump did a good job pushing back on that last night by saying, yeah, I am angry. But then when you hear Jeb talk, people don't sense that same fire. He makes sense. He's logical. He's knowledgeable. But he doesn't have that fire and confidence that doesn't come out, that that, that comes out with those top three. That's That's how I see it. 
Yeah, and what do they say often, that perception in politics is reality. And, yep. uh, you know, whether you like Jeb Bush or not, I think he is fighting uphill on that. And, uh, again, he did try last night, and he has not been shy about going after Trump. Uh, but we'll have to see. I think, I think it's very clear, Herman, that for Jeb Bush and for Governor Kasich and for Governor Christie, that New Hampshire is pretty much their stand. If they can't get in number two there, you know, just, just assume that Trump is going to win New Hampshire. If they can't finish second and if they can't beat Marco Rubio there, then I think it's a rough road ahead for them. Well, all three of them are spending money advertising there, and I think they started yep. some time ago. So they, I think they realize the scenario that you just created, which is why they're probably spending so much money there. And with Lindsey Graham endorsing Jeb, He's hoping to finish second in New Hampshire and then hopefully sure, and then come, down, here, come yeah. down to South Carolina and maybe Lindsey Graham's endorsement might help. But well, you know, well, you no, never no. know what the lay of the land is. I mean, I don't think uh, four years ago, if uh, you would have predicted to me that uh, somebody named Rick Santorum would win a dozen states, I, I don't yeah. think we. I, would, I think I would have taken that bet from you long about right now. So you never know where things go in the race, but it is an uphill fight for uh, for Jeb Bush. So Donald Trump has a new ad out. Yeah, he uh, released a new ad today. It's basically all it is is uh, um, from a rally that he did in Lowell, Massachusetts the other day. It's just, you know, sort of the stock kind of thing of him saying, you know, we've got to make America great again. We've got to build a wall. We've got to get tough, you know, those kind of things. It's only a 30-second ad. Okay. So it really doesn't get into any specifics or anything. But it, it's that sort of you get the crowd cheering and everything and Trump's voice rising. It's one of those energizing <laughs> kind of ads. He says he's going to put a, a million bucks into it basically in Iowa and a million almost in New Hampshire yeah. and that it's going to run the, the, the next couple of weeks. Now, again, as, as I told you earlier in the week, the person who is going to have the most ads on in the month of January in the run up to Iowa is Marco Rubio. So we'll see whether or not that gives him a boost. Some people uh, who are really good at crunching the numbers from a lot of these polls indicate that they think that Rubio still has a lot of room to grow in Iowa. Right. And the one, the one thing that is benefiting him and last night's debate only reinforces it is that nobody else from that Jeb Christie Kasich group has made a move. Mm -hmm. Nobody else from them has popped up in the polls in Iowa. Uh, that to give them that little extra. I remember um, the year that John McCain won the nomination uh, for the Republicans. He was he was basically ignoring Iowa, and then his numbers started to bubble up in New Hampshire, and his numbers came up in Iowa as well. And he made a last minute dash to Iowa. I remember uh, covering him and, and standing outside at several venues because the places were so packed you couldn't even get inside. And they put a speaker outside so people could stand in the uh, in the below zero weather and listen. And, you know, there, so I've seen that happen before, but right now I'm just not seeing it from anyone else other than Rubio in, in Iowa. Ben Carson had said before the debate that we were going to see a little bit more pep in his step. What do you think? What did you think? I'm going to ask you, what did you think? <laughs> Come on, Jamie, I asked you first. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, he, he cut, he had a couple jokes that he obviously had ready. Yeah. And he was trying to, you know, be more relaxed and everything up there. Uh, I uh, I sort of look at it as perception, like with Jeb Bush. The perception is right now that Carson is struggling. I mean, his finance chair quit yesterday morning yeah, beyond, before the debate. You know, more evidence of trouble inside uh, his uh, effort. And I, I don't know. I just didn't see it. But then again, I didn't see it. I'll say this, Harmon. I didn't see him as having good debates in the first two, and he came way up in the polls. So we'll have to see what happens. Well, I didn't see any more pep in his step. I like Ben. He's a friend. I know him. 
many of his answers are very intellectual or, or, or they, you know, he makes sense. He's logical and he gives good, good answers and everything, but they are not uh, connecting with people with respect to that fire that we're talking about that Nikki Haley sometimes called anger. Hey. Yeah, that, that, that connection is oh so important. And yeah. it's, it's so hard to figure out who can get that connection. I always tell people that it's like watching Bill Clinton or George W. Bush. They were both always so good at connecting with an average person that they met, and they were able to do it in a way that a lot of other people just cannot. And see, I was thinking about George W., as you were talking, when you look at him versus Jeb. See, George W., people kidded about him not being, quote-unquote, all that sharp or smart, but he was feisty, and that feistiness connected with people, and I think that's something that uh, that uh, Jeb doesn't have. But uh, No, I, re I remember the first time I met George W. Bush, it instantly hit me what he had, and, and you could just tell that. And it, nothing against his brother, but it, it's, it's just not the same with his brother. There's, you know, it, it's like Bill Clinton. I, you can't put your finger on it. It's like the difference between Bill Clinton and Al Gore. Uh, there's just something about them that when you meet them, you're instantly drawn to one over the other. Uh, and, I, and I always felt like that with George W. Bush. And it drove a lot of Democrats crazy, just like I think Bill Clinton drove a lot of Republicans <laughs> crazy. You got it. Well, thanks a lot, Jamie. See you next week, Herman. You got it. You're listening to The Herman Cain Show.